Welcome to the first episode of the Integrated Podcast, where we'll chat with leaders from B2B SaaS companies to learn integration and partnership strategies and tactics that will help skyrocket your company's growth. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Taylor, who was previously the partnerships lead at Clearbit and now the VP of partnerships at Comsor, a platform that enables community-led growth. We discuss how to identify and prioritize fruitful partnership motions and integration opportunities, why building an integration alone without a partnership strategy just isn't enough, and how you can measure the impact of your integrations and partnership strategy. With that said, let's get into it. Hey, Ashley, uh, thanks for coming on to chat with us today. Uh, I think our audience is going to gain a lot of value hearing about your experience leading partnerships from Clearbit, Yext, and more recently as the VP of partnerships at Consort. And so, yeah, I'd love for you to share a bit about your experience and tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, happily. And thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Um, the kind of brief history is, is like many of my peers, I sort of stumbled into partnerships without necessarily meaning to. Um, but I feel so lucky to be here. Um, I, I actually joined Yext in a CSM role. Um, and as I was coming on board, I was sort of deciding between did I want to be a, a CSM on their enterprise team or on this reseller partner team that was a little bit newer, um, whereas the enterprise function was really well built out um, and, and the partner side was not. So I, I gravitated toward that. Um, there was just more opportunity to build the machine rather than operate within one that already existed. Um, and, and if you're familiar with the concept of zones of genius, like in the book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, um, which, which Clearbit was really into, um, it, I would consider minds to be making order out of chaos. And so it turned out that I really liked the partner specific aspects of that role. Um, I was managing some of our most strategic resellers and the problems that we were solving together were just really interesting to me. Um, how do I enable another team to sell and support our product? Um, things like that. And it turns out that when you get the foundations of that right, the revenue of the account grows without necessarily signing more contracts or, or order forms. Then I went to Clearbit as the first partnerships hire. Um, the scope was, of course, much broader. Um, there were similar strategic partners to what I managed at Yext who embedded our data in their products. Um, there were also ecosystems and integrations and agencies and consultants. Um, and there was a pretty steep learning curve, but I loved being the person to figure out the function and the strategy. And at Clearbit, I first met the Comsor team. It was about a year and a half ago. Um, and there, there was a partnership between Comsor and Clearbit that I was on the Clearbit side of. Um, I got to work directly with, with Mac Redden, the Comsor CEO, um, on structuring that and making it successful. Um, and I've just sort of always been a fan of the Comsor team and just found the community space to be so interesting. Um, I was a team of one for most of my time at Clearbit, and I learned the power of community firsthand with communities like Partnership Leaders and the CSA and the SaaS Ecosystem Alliance. Um, that's how I could shoulder tap people and ask my peers to work through challenges of partnerships with me. So um, I saw the value in the space. I was especially interested in the opportunity not just to figure out the partnership strategy at a company that I really respected and admired, but also to work toward defining what does partnerships mean and look like in the community space. Um, and it's been so much fun so far. There's there's so much to do and so much opportunity, and I'm just really pumped and feel really lucky to be on this ride. Yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, I think, you know, in the marketing realm, everyone's been talking about the importance of community. It's the next big thing for us, right? People want to connect with others. They don't want to 
just look at your website and talk to sales. They, they want to be a part of something bigger and also connect with peers, like you said. Um, and I think community and partnerships is such a great way to do that. I mean, over at Paragon, we are exploring partnerships ourselves. And I think it's the best way to build, you know, a strong network of both companies and individuals that can help each other out. Um, so, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I'm curious. So, you know, with so many different partner motions that you can take on, how do you identify what the right opportunities are? How do you identify what to prioritize when it comes to looking at all the potential partnership opportunities? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. I think first, it's probably important to just identify what are some different partner motions that are possible. Um, so for example, at Yaxt, it was solely focused on a book of extremely strategic reseller partners. Um, and, and Yaxt was a big enough company to have different partner motions segmented across different teams. So my team rolled up to the revenue org, um, the integrations team rolled up to the strategy org. Uh, and my job was to equip the partners that I managed to grow their accounts by taking the Yaxt solution to market. Um, and then at Clearbit, partnership was kind of everything that wasn't normal customer revenue. Um, so this is agencies, this is growth consultants, this is integrations, both third party, so built by the partner and built in-house by our team, embedded OEM, um, original equipment manufacturer, just basically means when one partner sort of uh, embeds in their product a piece of the other partner's solution. Um, and then just like a whole lot of other kind of stuff. Um, but so... Uh, you know, th there are a lot of different partner types. There are referrals, there's co-selling, there's this OEM where um, kind of like what I was working on at EX, you enable the team and then get out of the way. Um, and so, you know, as you're determining what the right motion is, like that's kind of the million dollar question. Um, but I think that it all starts with ICP overlap. Um, tools like Crossbeam are so valuable for identifying this. Um, so if your ICP, your ideal customer profile, is a really close overlap, if the Venn diagram kind of sits on top of itself, um, you probably want to explore more of a co-selling motion. How can you integrate to support mutual customers? Is this something your customers are even asking for and want and find value from? How can you educate the market on a better together story? How can you enable each other's sales teams to co-sell together? How can you enable the success and support teams to activate the integration? Um, I, I've never heard of a customer experience where more integrations enabled did not directly translate to better retention. Um, so, so the success piece is really key. Um, whereas if the ICP Venn diagram has less overlap, then it could be worth exploring that embedded or OEM model. Um, I think one of the biggest risks to that model is cannibalization or, or channel conflict. Um, and so it's really important to be proactively thinking about how to minimize that. Um, for example, if you're selling to enterprise and the partner sells to SMBs, um, if they embed your product in theirs, you have the opportunity to increase your revenue and tap into this new market um, and seed the idea with those SMBs that as they grow, your solution could be incredibly beneficial for them because they're already exposed to it. And then that also can work if there's a really different use case. Um, where you can get really creative is by adding in some kind of demand gen component. So imagine if as soon as someone hits a first value metric with your product within the partner platform, there's some kind of workflow triggered so that they get an email offering a warm intro to your team and expanding on the value props and making sure that they know that, uh, that your solution was behind that first value. Um, I think at the end of the day, there are a lot of ways to structure a partnership. Um, and it's really easy to think about what's best for you. It's really easy to think about what's best for your partner because they're going to be there advocating for that. 
But I would argue that the true North Star needs to be focusing on what is most impactful for the end customer experience um, and really nailing all three of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to dig into that a little more because, I mean, one of the things that come to mind when I think about partnerships, there's always a bit of, you know, one company's a little further along, one company's, you know, maybe earlier stage, right? And so when you think about, let's say, the hub spots of the world, people are very willing to be a third party. They're willing to put in the work to build the integration to be a partner with HubSpot. They'll even go through an application process, right? And then on the flip side, you know, HubSpot might be reaching out to more enterprise customers or enterprise partners to say, can we build a partnership here? How do you think about the incentives and aligning incentives to get, you know, to build these fruitful um, partnerships? Yeah, I think when it boils down, it's usually the smaller company builds. <laughs> but I really think it's like whoever has the most to gain. Like when you look at a startup and HubSpot, I mean, of course, the startup is going to be the one to build. Like a much higher percentage of the startup's customers are going to be asking for the ability to interoperate with HubSpot than the percentage of HubSpot's customers. Um, but, you know, if, if that was, if those roles were ever reversed, it's really just who stands to gain the most value that's going to do the work. Um, but value isn't always guaranteed. Um, and sometimes that can be a little bit more theoretical. And so, so I think that there's also the case to be made for, for doing the work together. Um, you know, especially the early stage startups that don't have a ton of data to base it on. Um, if it's two relatively early stage companies, um, you know, that that could be an equally shared workload where whether it's one doing the marketing lift and one doing the builds, if it's both working together on the builds. Um, but ultimately, like, I think your involvement is going to be proportionate to the value that you derive. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the challenges you faced, you know, when trying to, I guess, quantify the value that you would be providing in the partnership, um, you know, when trying to approach partners or when they come to you? you know, what are some of those challenges? Yeah, and, and your team probably sees this too, but partnerships is the long game. And so it can be really hard to say, I need these resources or this budget now for something that may not pay off until a year from now. Um, to go back to your HubSpot example, like HubSpot, I think, does an absolutely brilliant job with their ecosystem, right? They're, they're pretty much the industry standard, I would say. Um, and so to, to one extent, they're incredibly easy to work with. And like, I, I absolutely adore everyone at HubSpot that I've worked with. Um, but that said, like to get the attention of a bigger sales team, um, to be able to have really, really productive interactions there is going to take a lot of work. And this is not, I used HubSpot as an example, but this is really true for anyone. Um, if you're trying to break into a much bigger org, like there's just a lot more to navigate. And even like, if you know and you can see that there's going to be value there, it could take a really long time to realize. So choosing to spend a lot of your time, which like is probably the number one most precious resource that you have, going after something that's not going to pay off for a long time can be a little bit disheartening. And it can also be really hard to communicate to the rest of your team the value of why you're focusing there. And I guess that comes back to the challenge of prioritization, right? You know, there's always, um, even marketing, there's short-term you know, short term tactics that you can really invest in and see like a quick return. Maybe you get a couple leads in because of the partnership, you know, promotion that you just did. And then there are these longer term relationships that can be, you know, um, compound over itself. Like, how do you, how do you uh, address those decisions internally, right? Especially now that you're a VP and you probably have a team, you know, and there's, I'm assuming marketing comes to you with certain asks, you know, maybe um, product says, oh, we're building this integration. Can you <laughs> work on a partnership strategy with this company at the same time? Like, how, how are you just 
managing your time and also just the initiatives that you're working on? Yeah, th these are all all great questions. Um, and I think one of the fun things about working in partnerships is there's like not a rule book yet. Like we're all figuring this out as we go. Um, but I think it comes back to what I said before about the real North Star has to be the impactful customer experience. So when you can lean on things like our prospects are asking for this, our customers are asking for this, like when our customers do this, they are less likely to churn. Coming back to those things, those things that are real, it may not be a revenue dollar, but you can show the things that we know will ultimately contribute to the revenue dollars. Um, I think the other piece of it too, in terms of just internal alignment is having like really strong internal relationships goes such a long way. I think that, you know, when you can form internal relationships with your engineering and your design and your product team with your counterparts in marketing and success and sales and get them excited about what's possible with partnerships, um, it gets a little bit easier to get them to want to invest resources in it too. Um, I've had projects where I think that they only got worked on because the specific engineers that um, were working on them were just excited about it. So it was sort of, you know, I've never worked somewhere that had like an official 20% program, but um, there are some things that came to be just because the the um, engineering teammates I had thought that it was an interesting problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, how'd you go about working? Like what's what's your way to get rally everyone together behind, you know, an idea, a partnership strategy? Because I mean, everyone's so busy, right? We all have so many priorities and um, how do you, how do you get everyone together? You know, what's your process like when, when building that, I guess uh, that mentality? Um, I think it's, it's relationships first. Um, if you make customer experience your true North and you understand how each different function cares about that, um, and then you can rally them to, to kind of see how the work that they're doing on your project actually does contribute to the broader company goals about customer impact, whether you know your company is most thinking about net new dollars or retention dollars, like whatever it is, like we know, and, and you working at Paragon know that partnerships are such a key piece to that. And if you can tell that story at an individual level um, and understand why, someone who's on your product team cares about that and be able to fit partnerships into that story, um, it starts to seed the idea that we ourselves are better together in terms of telling that better together story for the customer. Mm -hmm, definitely. And have you seen any differences between, you know, like a reseller partnership is very different from, you know, an integration partner in that sense. Have you seen um, different levels of commitment and just investment being poured into the partnership depending on the type of motion it is? I think any time where you're asking your partner to give you money up front, um, you're going to see a very different level of commitment from when you're not. So for example, um, with a reseller or an OEM model um, where the customer is paying them and they are paying you, um, that kind of relationship and those kind of incentives and motivations will look very different from um, you know, where there's a different kind of skin in the game. If, for example, you're an integration to benefit mutual partners. And so in some ways it's a lot easier because you know that they're invested, they've like put money behind it, um, but then you have a whole lot more to deliver, right? Um, so I think it, it comes much like internally with your team, understanding what motivates people and helping them see how your initiative fits in with what's motivating them. It's the same with the partner. Why are they exploring this partnership? Are their customers asking for it? Are they finding that, similar partnerships have 
produced a lot of really good results, like understand why they care and solve backwards from there to get them to be as equally invested as you are. Yeah. And how, how, what are some of the metrics you're looking at? You know, how are you collecting that data to really um, analyze the impact that you're having on these users, especially when it's not necessarily your own audience? Maybe it's their, like within their user base. Like how, how are you going about evaluating that over time? I come from a sales background. So for me, the North Star is always going to be revenue. Um, I think that there are other KPIs that play in. Are customers actually using these integrations? If we're working with an agency, how many customer at-bats are they bringing us? Or is that customer sticking around longer, doing more interesting things, or being more willing to be a subject of a case study because of that? Um, but I think at the end of the day, like coming from a sales and revenue background myself, like I want to know how much revenue are our partners actually bringing us? How much revenue are they influencing, even if they didn't necessarily source it? Um, and, and that's kind of, I mean, at the end of the day, that, that really is probably like the thing that I'm going to care about the most. But again, that's the long game. In the short game, like when you're just starting a partnerships function, that data may not be available. Right. And I guess more tactically around integrations, because, you know, that, that's kind of the space that Paragon is in. Um, I see a lot of companies that, you know, they don't actually tap into the potential of partnerships when it comes to integrations. They just build it and it's there to serve an immediate need from a customer. Um, what, would, what advice would you give companies who are kind of in that, oh, we just need to get these integrations out because you know, it's, it's blocking our pipeline, uh, whereas there's so much more opportunity to both promote and, and get into a partnership relationship with these integration party, uh, parties? Hire a partnerships person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, but seriously, I think, you know, if you are someone who's actually building the integration, like, hopefully you were hired because you are excellent at building an integration. And like, you shouldn't have to also be great at understanding how to promote or how to evangelize or how to increase adoption. Hopefully you're just building an integration that is intuitive and easy and hopefully from some sort of rubric where customers or prospects were asking for it. Um, but hire for that area of expertise, bring someone in who um, is excited about promoting and telling the better together story about the integrations. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good advice. And I, it's great that I think partnerships as a ecosystem in terms of the community is growing, right? I'm seeing, I actually recently joined partnerships leaders as well. And oh, nice. um, I think they're doing like a launch, uh, you know, next week, I believe uh, with their catalog and whatnot. So it's really exciting to see the space develop. Um, and on the, you know, in terms of community, I'm excited to hear, like, what are your plans for Comsor? Um, you know, I saw, I saw on the website, integrations are everywhere, but beyond maybe integrations or within the scope of integrations, what are, what are your big goals for the year? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if we shared this yet. I'm two weeks in. Um, but, uh, I've, you know, like I said before, I've been, I've been a fan of, uh, the Comsor team and, and known the product for a very long, very long time on the scale of startups. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, as an operating system, integrations are just incredibly key. So there are the obvious goals, you know, make sure that we're partnering with the platforms that our customers and prospects are asking us to partner with and to integrate with. Um, finding the right agencies and consultants and, and the people that can help us tell better together stories. Um, where I think that things get really interesting um, is with taking everything that we learn and translating it to better educate and empower community professionals on how to think about building their own partnerships for their communities to benefit their members. 
Um, so these are these are some of the the things that I'm thinking about right now, and and one of the reasons that I'm so excited for this opportunity. So you're almost embedding partnerships, I guess, subject matter expertise within the product in a sense, is like almost. Yeah, I mean, when you think about a community, there's so much collective buying power there, and so much opportunity for education to to this this captive audience, if you will. Um, and so, uh, yeah, thinking about how we can empower partnerships to make communities better and stronger. Um, and increase the sense of belonging that members feel. That's great. Yeah. Well, I know we're almost at time. Um, I don't know. Are there any things you want to share with our audience today? Um, if there's one thing that you want to leave with them? Oh, gosh. Um, I think, you know, find the joy in what you do. Like we are as partnerships professionals, um, we have some resources, but there's a lot that we're figuring out what we go, figuring out as we go. Um, so find your community of other partnerships, people that you can learn from. Um, there, there are some really great ones out there. I mentioned before partnership leaders and the cloud software association and the SaaS ecosystem Alliance. Um, and just find the joy in what you do because life is too short not to. Yeah. And if people want to learn more about you and your work at console or just in general, um, how can they find you? I'm on LinkedIn, Ashley Taylor. It's a pretty common name, but uh, I'm connected to Brian. So if you find him, you can find me. Um, and then you can check out our Comsor website um, as well. Um, other resources, if you're interested in community, um, we actually host our own community club. Um, it is, it's Comsor agnostic. Um, so if, if you're interested in learning more, you can check that out as well. So that sounds great. I'll ask you for a link and I'll leave it in the description. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Yeah, thanks so much for your time.